You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Broadway, Broadway, in all of its glory, we all have a memory, we all have a story. Was there an understudy? Where did the show stop? Did you see Barbara before she shot to the top? Join us as we revel in a reverie, it's my Broadway memory. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I, I, I'm literally so excited. Um, we have Todrick Hall. He is an American singer, songwriter, actor, director, choreographer, and YouTuber, honey. He aspires uh, to be a role model for LGBTQ plus and people of color and includes his experiences as a black gay man in his art. Starting with season eight, Hall became a resident choreographer in RuPaul's Drag Race, one of my favorite, favorite shows of all time and occasional judge. From 2016 to 2017, Hall began his Broadway career in the original Broadway production of The Color Purple. Since then, he starred as Lola in Kinky Boots, which I saw him do, and it was un unbelievable. Uh, on Broadway, and Billy Flynn in Chicago on Broadway and The West End, and his latest Broadway credit was Ogie in Waitress last summer. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Colleen Ballinger is an American YouTuber, comedian, actress, singer, and writer. She's known for her internet character, Miranda Sings, posting videos of the character on YouTube, performing her one-woman comedy act on tour in theaters worldwide, and creating a Netflix original television show based on the character. She has appeared as an actress and singer on Broadway, off-Broadway, in regional theater, on television, in recordings, and web series. Ballinger played Dawn in the Broadway musical Waitress, and tonight... In fact, marked one year since her Broadway debut. Coincidentally. Iconic. Iconic. Amazing. So without further ado, please welcome Todrick Hall and Colleen Ballinger. Yeah, yeah. Hiya. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm so good. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that Colleen was able to do this. I shot her a text message and in two seconds, she was like, absolutely. Because we had so much fun with the photos that you took of us. Yes. Uh, I mean, thank you. Like how it happened, like Todrick, I photographed you for Kinky Boots and that was such an amazing experience. And we just saw each other on the street and you were like, want to photograph us for Waitress? And I, and I was like, a hundred. And you were like, want Colleen to do it as well? And I was like, a hundred. And <laughs> It Wait, was why magic. don't we pull those? Why don't we pull those photos up? I yeah, love yeah. these pictures. I love them. Chance. I oh know my it. god! It was. Aww. It was one. Look at that! Look at Dark. that! It was. It was Beautiful. so. It was amazing. I mean, look at your energy. I mean, you're both being on Broadway together. Uh, I, I mean, look at that joy! <laughs> look at that joy! That's the gayest Ogie ever. <laughs> we were living for it. We were living for it. Do you miss doing the show? Do you have amazing memories doing the show? I miss it so much. I mean, who wouldn't miss kissing Todrick Hall every single night and being in love with Todrick every single night and that booty? Um, literally, it was so fun. I think one of the best experiences ever because on stage with Todrick, there were so many moments where it was his goal to make me break. I love that. And it was his goal to like make me laugh on stage. And he succeeded. <laughs> every night so it was super super fun do you have one in particular that you can recall there are so, <laughs> so many i can't even like i mean one time one night my dress ripped like fully my wedding dress in our wedding scene like we don't even know how just like the seam came undone and i was just like i feel a 
a draft like on my buttocks and I didn't know what it was and we realized it was my dress and we're like tucking it in but another thing is on the cake like on the wedding cake oh my gosh our, <laughs> our wedding cake is like it's a prop you know like it's a set piece and so obviously the original um Ogie was not Todrick so the man and woman on the top of the cake are Caucasian <laughs> and so Todrick always had something to say and one night I think he said it like out loud like i don't think 1, you said it to me. i think you said is he what i was like jenna comes out with the cake and i'm like oh i'm white and the That's audience what burst out laughing and colleen was like, was like <laughs> so he called it out a few times um yeah but that's that funny I mean, multiple times every night he did something to make me die of laughter that's amazing that, that is so funny i'm obsessed with that <laughs> Um, you guys are perfect. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I when, did just want, just, Brian, go for no, it. No, no, Oh, no, Michael, you can go ahead. I, I did before we just continue on with the show. And I did just want to say, um, I wanted to just acknowledge uh, the passing of Chi Chi Devane before we continued on with tonight's festivities. And um, Tadrick, you are part of the Drag Race family. And uh, as a fan and, and, for, and, and lover of the show, you know, in my living room every Friday night, when it's not COVID, I mean, my my girls just in the living room, we watch it live every Friday night. Uh, it's watching this on Instagram unfold. I mean, the community is just so um, upset about this. And uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that she was such a brilliant artist. And I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about Chi Chi. Yes, um, I know that it seems to be the, the normal thing to do for any human to react in a way that is just like the most glowing Yelp review you could give about any human being when they pass. But to say that Chi Chi was a great person would be such an understatement. She was always so full of life and so energetic and so genuine. I think that's why people fell in love with her and why she was brought back to All Star so quickly because it's so, it takes a very particular person to be to like lay their heart and all their flaws and imperfections on the stage and I think the fact that she was so willing to be so real with everybody across America um, was just the most beautiful thing the way she treated and interacted with the people that were backstage on stage the way that she was like so like separated from any drama that happened with the show. Every single person loves Chi Chi Devane. There's no Jake Yonsei videos where people are in fights with her because she truly was genuinely an angel on earth. And it's so sad uh, to see that story. And just a reminder that we all need to be kind to each other in a world where so many people are looking and finding ways to cancel each other. We need, we need to remember that life is so short. We're not going to be here forever. And we need more and more and more love on the internet. Yes, heard and thank, thank you. you. And I really hope that everyone watching right now really takes that into consideration because we need joy, we need love, we need positivity. I mean, right now it's tough. So let's keep screaming that from the from the rooftops and uh, let's have a good time tonight. So yes. I did want to, yes. before we started, I did want to mention that watching the two of you in your creative environment, like I did, first of all, backstage of Kinky Boots and Waitress and Colleen backstage of Waitress, you two are the epitome of superstars. You two, I I mean, first of all, your artistry speaks volumes. Second of all, your connection is amazing. But the way that you treat those around you, I can get emotional thinking about it. I watched, Colleen, you are a mom. You are a, a working mom who's a brilliant artist. And I was watching you take care of the needs and wants of your fans backstage while 
committing to your artistry and also being a mother. I mean, that, I will never, ever forget watching you do that. And Chadrick, the same goes to you. You are brilliant, brilliant people, leaders of, of, of contemporary artists. And I just wanted people to know that you are 100% cream of the crop, amazing, amazing artists. And, oh, and thank you, Michael. Oh, so sweet, oh. thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. So let's start. I feel the same way about you, by the way. I think yes. it's so cool that you have paved this path for yourself and people look at you as such a legitimate human being, like all of these humongous Broadway stars that don't have to work with a photographer who in the beginning of your career didn't have like Broadway world, like blasting you and supporting you. But because of the nature of who you are as a human being and your reputation and the quality of the products that you put out and how easy you are to work with, that everybody just respects you so much. And yeah, um, yeah I, it's just been a pleasure to watch you grow as well so thank you yeah it was and crazy when you took you when you took my picture i just have to say i'm gonna <laughs> i'm going to applaud you as well because i hate photo shoots i hate my picture taken like i'm so awkward i'm so uncomfortable i never know what to do i was it's always so weird and you just went in and we were just having a conversation like like we were best friends and you would just be like snap snap while we were talking and there's some of my favorite photos that have ever been taken of me like Same. and you did it so fast it was like five minutes you're just we're just chatting and laughing and you're just like click 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 oh got it and it was like the most beautiful pictures so no you're incredible oh well i'm putting both of those quotes on my website so thank you for that <laughs> you guys are amazing all right Brian, michael you what do you say they what do you say you start thank the, you uh, thank you the playbill shtick that we do here. So the shtick is I have like nine of these, right? And they're like double stuffed Oreos, like just like <laughs> thick, like oh me God. during, like just thick during quarantine, like me. So um, I will say what I like to do, and you could do whatever you want. Now, Todrick, you have a different setup and Pauline Which will we figure will, it out. Which we will get to. <laughs> I, I know, I'm but what totally I like to do when I saw Todrick's room. I basically like to do this and you tell me when to stop, so. Stop. Stop. Okay. Which one am I picking? Drood? Uh, sure. What do you guys think? I mean, it's a pick. Who's picking? You guys you pick. Guys Who cares? Oh, the mystery of Edwin Drood. Yes. Okay, great. What First are you of all, for? You're going to, you're going to, so, are you going to talk about it or are we talking about it? Yeah, no, he's no, going to talk, talk about, about it. it. So basically, how it's going to work is this is what I like to do. It. We, what Brian and I usually start and we just show. Like, we like to do this. Like, you know, like, this is how it is. This is the thing. And I like to pick at random, and so does Brian. Brian, well, sometimes yeah. you, you have, like, it depends. But I pick at random, and I just talk about the story associated with... Because this is keeping Broadway alive. It's it's going, right. you know, we're, we're dark, so this is the light. And Druid is one of my favorite shows. It was on Broadway originally in 87 at the Imperial Theater. And mm, it starred... out those quick facts. Honey, honey, honey. Um, <laughs> so it starred... Uh, it was Betty Buckley as Drood. And so if you know the song, The Writing on the Wall, and she hits that high Z at the end, that full belt, that's Drood. And it was with Cleo Lane. And um, it's a brilliant, brilliant show. And what I, you know, what we like to do is, you know, really open up and find the things that we've kept. Like, Aww. you know, this was 2012. And in this revival, it was Stephanie J. Block and Cheetah and <gasps> Betsy Wolf. And oh my gosh. Jess and Jess. Women. I know Jesse Mueller, Andy Carl, um, I mean, Janine DeVita, uh, Allison Cement, who was our good news for Covenant House last week. And um, we like to look at the headshots, the gorge headshots of oh the my time. Gosh. 
Look at Stephanie's. I think that I feel like that was her wicked headshot as well. Yeah. Todrick, you yeah. could probably confirm that. Um, so the interesting thing about Drood is that the audience gets to kind of choose the ending. Do you happen to remember how that worked uh, in this revival? I want to say that um, the ending probably was like Rose. So basically, what happens was Charles Dickens. He did. He died in the middle of. Um, I'm dead. Also, Todrick. Um, he died <laughs> in the in the middle of writing the novel of Drood. So when they turned it into a musical, um, basically what had happened was they were like, "Why don't the what doesn't the audience vote on the ending? So each character has a different song of if they're the murderer or they're the witness or they're the." And then the audience literally goes, okay, I want like Princess Puffer to be the murderer. I want Jasper to be the y y whatever. But but the endings change every single night. The endings change. That's so so it's iconic. It's iconic. So that being said, um, I think I think Princess Puffer, which is Cheetah's role, was the murderer. So she had the like one of the last songs, which is like, yes, I killed. You know, it's it's a great great. Bye, Brian. Bye. <laughs> He's over it. He's done. But um, <laughs> my dog. Sorry. No, it's okay. My excuses. My excuses. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's my little memory, and that's sort of what we like to do. We talk about the, uh, and I think I just I it was a winter break of my senior year of college. If it was two, December of two thousand twelve, and I think I might have went with like one of my best friends from college, like Ryan or something like that. Nothing too eventful. It was just. A great time. Would have loved to see that show in the '80s. Got to see it in 2012. And cheers. Moving on. Yeah, so, it, love it. So, if we could pull up those photos that Todrick sent us of his room, we're gonna yes. do his memory next. Uh, I totally geeked out when Michael sent me these. He was like, "Look at this. This is Todrick's room with all I'm the playbills." I'm so jealous of the waitress uh, costume on the wall. I mean, this is just gorgeous. <laughs> how, how do you pick how you're gonna like display certain ones with others? Is it all color coordinated? No, it's not color coordinated. I have this woman named Shirley. Shout out to Shirley at Fast Frame. She's just this awesome lady that I've become friends with and call her and like make her be my therapist sometimes. But I, every time I get whatever, I think it's nine or 12, whatever new playbills, I just take them to her and then she puts them in, in a in a, in a a frame because I, I would never be responsible enough. Like I would lose that little photo album that you have, but I won't lose the pictures on my wall. So I have kept every single playbill from every show that I've seen, unless it's a repeat of a show, but um, I always go back and, um, and, and save at least one of the playbills. And I'm so grateful that I have them all because there's a specific memory like you just have with every single show you go see. I just texted you pictures, by the way, just in case they become, I don't know how to put them on the thing, but. We're, we're uploading them to the, to the world of my Broadway memory. Okay. And the costumes, you got to keep your boots from Lola and your Ogi costume, which is awesome. I actually have a costume from every musical that I've ever been in. I have a costume from Memphis. I have a costume from The Color Purple. And uh, I, I am working right now on getting my costume from Chicago. But now it's like my thing that when I negotiated the contract, by the time I got to Waitress, I already knew that this was something that you had to do. And I've been working with Andrew Lloyd Webber on some projects that I can't say yet. But like in my negotiation, I'm like, yeah, Andrew, I'm down, but it's going to cost you a uh, Grizabella dress and uh, this and of that. And I've been like negotiating costumes because one day I plan on having my very own like Broadway museum. 
do you, That's Connor, do you want the Grizz dresses? Do you want the revival or do you want the original, like the original? I would rather have Betty Buckley's the original, or or I would like to have um, like Nicole Scherzinger's costume, just because I'm friends with her and I think that would be cool. But I want there to be like a story behind each one of them. I actually got Donny Osmond's Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat from Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I grew up watching that movie <laughs> all the time. So uh, I'm probably gonna you're probably gonna see me at a Pride Parade or something wearing it at some point. That shot, that shot of being told we're all so ready. You know that shot of the yeah, brothers no. in the beginning? Yeah. That is like, that's, I think that that made me come out of the closet. That right there. <laughs> I think it made a lot of people come out of the closet. <laughs> I think it made people even question who did need to come out of the closet. They're like, wait, am I? Do I need to come out of the closet? <laughs> I think I think we all do. But now we have uploaded the pictures you just sent, Todrick. So speaking of costumes. You have, I mean, I do, uh, like me and Michael. Can you believe dying? That, that's Adina Menzel's original, the first elf of a dress that she ever wore. Wow. And that is Kristen Chenoweth's tiny costume, which I wish you could see how short that is. She's and there's right. actually a story because she had Laura Belbondi had to, had to wear that dress for a few weeks after Kristen left. And so there's like a layer that's like this tall underneath that. So even though it's tiny, it was actually even smaller than that when I got like originally. But um, there's just like a little bit of Laura in there to overcompensate for the height. The day, the day that he got these dresses, he FaceTimed me that morning. And was like, I have plans today, and I have to cancel everything. I'm so stressed. These these dresses are coming. I can't think about anything else. <laughs> he just FaceTimed me just to tell me he was excited they were arriving, and he like had to cancel all his plans. Oh yeah, I would cancel everything for the month. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's the hat that gets me because when I was 13 years old and being bullied and obsessed with Wicked, I would sit at my bed and buy a witch hat from Walmart and bend the wires to make it look like Susan Hilferty's costume design. So oh the my gosh. Have that hat is like, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. It, I, wanna... I honestly cannot believe that I own these costumes and I am treating them like they are Blue Ivy, Rumi, and Sir. Like I am like, I treat them like they're just like, no one can touch them. I'm like, don't even look at them too long. Like yeah. I, I want to move my house so no one knows my address and put the, like, I'm so like protective of them. And every morning I wake up and I go look into the room and I'm like, it was all worth it, Todrick. You did it, kiddo. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh my Over God. Over some <laughs> That is amazing. Like, and, and it's so funny to think that that, like, because that's, that's the original dress. Like that, like made it through like, which way to the party and like, yeah. you know, which is a, the cut, oh. a cut song, as you know, it's like, that is like, that's, that has seen some, that has seen some shit, that dress. And Next you time I get something, Michael, you're going to be the person I call. Cause I need a hype man like this. Who's excited about this as me. Cause, but Colleen honestly was like, Wait, wait, no, no, no. Colleen was like, I'm coming over to try these dresses on. As soon as it's safe for me to come over there, like there, she is probably gonna be at my but house. But I do agree that he would be a, he would he would be a better hype man than me. I was just like mostly just jealous. Um, <laughs> when I when I saw Wicked, and I think what you posted was that you could see the the mic in the hat because mm -hmm. she was, she was mic'd thrice. So and they kept it in there. 
They well, like yeah, the it, mic is in with the costume that they sent me. It's, it's crazy. Oh my goodness. When that's I, insane. When, when I saw Wicked, I saw January 5th, 2005, and that's also my passcode to get in my phone. So if anyone takes my phone, you know how to get in now. But January 5th, 2005, um, Idina, it was two days before she fell through the trap door. Oh and my she, God. And she um, went like she did, you know, uh, you think, uh, what is it? Uh, tornado, what is it? Just uh, twisters come just out of the blue, whatever that line is. And she hit her mic and it went, and she stopped the show and went to the back of the house and then continued the show. Wow. Tony winning icon. Todrick, <laughs> do you happen to have any playbill with you that you want to share a memory from? I don't have a playbill with me. That's why we sent the pictures. No, I'm that's cool. Stu- I'm at the studio, but I think I've shared enough. Well, Bloom, Wicked is the story, the, the musical that changed my life. Like, I, it was the thing that made me want to be on Broadway. I knew that I loved musical theater without knowing what it was when I saw Brandy and Cinderella. But when I saw Wicked, I went there and I was the brokest kid in the entire world. I grew up so poor and I was standing outside waiting to try to see this show. And I was playing the lottery. And at that time, like three or 500 people would be playing the lottery. And I won that ticket and I was like, this is just like God and destiny and like everything that has made, like no one could possibly want to see the show more than me. When they called my name, I like jumped on the guy who was pulling the names out, like wrapped my legs around him. And um, it, I'd never heard of a Shoshana Bean. I didn't know what that was, but I saw her. <laughs> I saw Megan Hilty and I was like, Glinda was like my character. But when Shoshana Bean came out, I had never heard like a non-black woman sing like that in my entire life. And I had my flip phone trying to record it because I just wanted to document. I know, I know I did it. I wasn't going to post it or anything, but I just needed to like savor that moment. And somewhere like in the bottom of some box in the storage unit, there's probably a, a video a recording of her singing The Wizard and I, but it was just like the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. And like, I just could not believe that I got to be in the room where it happens and see Wicked before it was like, you know, like, I don't know, I just could not believe I got to see it. So for me to own those costumes is like such a full circle thing. And I don't know, I'm just like gag every day and become gayer and gayer every time I walk into my room. So that, so that kid, that kid that, you know, was, was dying to see Wicked, then Broadway debut. How did that translate? Mm -hmm. What was that moment like for you? I'll never forget my Broadway debut. I remember being and auditioning for it, getting the show and like being backstage and my whole family was on the front row. And I remember when the orchestra started, in fact, today, so randomly I was working out and I listened to the color purple today for my workout. And I was just like, you'll never forget. I can only, I mean, watching Colleen's face also when she was about to hit stage for the first time, not to take her moment away, but it was just so cool because I've known Colleen for so long and I knew that was always her dream. And I was so happy and grateful that I wasn't in the audience watching it, that I was backstage and got to see her. Like when they said, we're about to start to see her take this big breath, like I'm about to do it. It was just like the cutest thing in the entire world. And I remembered what that was like for me. And so it, it was just one of those like life-changing things, especially because I grew up in, a, in an area where there was not a lot of great African-American representation. I never re- uh, felt like I connected or registered or identified with the black representation that I saw and seeing that show was the first time I remember being so proud to be African-American and seeing all those people sing this gospel music in a way only they could. And for me to get to make my Broadway debut with a full African-American cast and a bunch of people who had been in like the most iconic Broadway musicals, Dreamgirls, The Lion King, Zaida, all of the shows that had inspired me, 
was and to be on there with American Idol, like person I was a fan of, Fantasia, who I voted for so long. Like it was just like the most perfect scenario that you could ever have of making your Broadway show and uh, Broadway debut. And um, and I'll, I'll never forget. Like I, I could be eighty five years old, um, and I would remember the exact feeling that I felt the first time I was about to step on stage for an audience on Broadway. Colleen, oh it's your turn. Oh yeah. my God, I have too many memories. I wrote down like all the shows I'd been to and the list was getting very long. Like, I'm always interested to know what was the first Broadway show that you saw. Drowsy Chaperone with Sutton Foster. <gasps> oh my gosh. Huge Drowsy fan. Yeah, that was the first. I didn't get to New York until I was, I think I was 18 when I, my first trip to New York. And I've been obsessed with Broadway since I could breathe. And um, I saw Drowsy Chaperone. I was literally in like the balcony in the last row, like couldn't see anything. Like there were ants on the stage, but I opened the playbill and I saw Sutton Foster's face and I wept. When I tell you I wept, like it's an understatement because it was my dream to be on Broadway. And that dream seemed like, well, that's never gonna happen. I'm never even gonna say that out loud because that would never happen. And so the fact that I got to see a show on Broadway was my dream come true. And so I literally sobbed, like I opened it and I held, I saw her headshot and I sobbed and I just clutched up and I was like, I can't believe I'm here. And I just wept. It was amazing. Uh, she's oh, killer. That. Did you, you knew her before Drowsy? Yeah, well, I, she became my idol when I heard the Thirdly Modern Millie soundtrack. Right. I was like, oh, this is my idol. Like, and I was in high school walking around with my CD Walkman, like listening to Thirdly <laughs> Modern Millie on repeat during lunch. And I, like, I was obsessed with her. I still am. I think she's incredible. So I got to, I couldn't believe I got to see her. I was in the same building as Sutton Foster. It blew my mind. We need revivals of a lot of things. We need Spelling Bee, starting the yes. two of you as Leaf and Olive or, or Chip or uh, Marcy or anyone, but we need Little Women with you as Joe March and you as Lori Todrick. And we need, we need, what else? We, oh, uh, we need a Millie moment. We need you as Millie and we need uh, Todrick as, what is his name? What's his name? Uh. Uh, oh, no, what a Jimmy. What am I talking okay, about? Okay, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, sorry, oh, Jimmy, it cut out. Jimmy. I would have I would have jumped in there. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Yes, Todd would be, be such a good Jimmy. Oh, you'd be perfect, too. Love that. Uh, Iconic. Michael, do um, we have any uh, questions? Oh, what's up? No, nothing. I don't even know why I said, oh. um, like I was going to say something. I think I was going <laughs> to like, excuse you because like, I'm, I'm at my parents' house because we're trying out like an RV trip right now. And we are making a pit stop at my parents' house right now. And I'm in my childhood bedroom where this is, uh, there's so many things today about being on this podcast. One, it's the one year anniversary of being on Broadway, but also I'm in my childhood bedroom where I would cry and dream of being on Broadway. And also now this room is like the guest room. And also now my mom has chickens that live right outside this window. So if you've heard chickens clucking, I've been like so like stressed about it. Cause he's like talking about like these really serious issues. And I just hear the chickens be like, and I was just like <laughs> chickens. Oh wait, there's Todrick. I love that. That's That's cool. Isn't um, it such a real thing to see yourself in a playbill? Surreal, surreal. What was that moment like for you both? Do you, you both remember? Yes, I remember. I mean, for me, the whole process of getting to be on Broadway was so, every step was surreal and I didn't believe it. And I still now be like, when I was on Broadway, when I say that sentence, I'm like, that's not about me. How did I just say that sentence? Like, it doesn't feel real at all. But like, 
it was such a crazy experience, the whole step, the whole process. And Todrick was every step of the way. I mean, Todrick was the reason it all happened. So, you know, he called me and we talked about it and I was like, well, yeah, I'd want to do waitress, but that's never going to happen. Like, you know, it just seems so insane. It seemed like that's not even, it, I felt like the same girl I was when I was 13 thinking, oh, my dream would be on to be on Broadway, but that's not possible. And so that's how I felt even a year ago, you know? And so then when I was writing up my bio, I was like, this is so weird. This is going to be in a playbill. No way. And then the rehearsals were happening. I was like, I'm rehearsing for Broadway. This isn't real. No way. It's like every step of the process just felt fake. Like I felt like it was a dream. <laughs> it didn't seem real. It was really crazy. Signing my first playbill. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm the worst guest. No, no, Please no. never have me on again. Um, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> seeing, my, seeing the playbill. I think I was too nervous. I was like near vomiting the whole week of my Broadway debut because I was so nervous. She but was when the, so nervous. You, it's an, an understatement. There's no word to describe how nervous. I was like dry heaving in the wings. But like I was like, like, I was so nervous. But seeing the playbill was exciting but the most exciting part was signing my first playbill that was crazy like that was like oh my gosh i used to be on the other side of this barricade waiting yes. for hours in the snow in the rain anything just to get a signature and now there are so many people out here wanting my signature it that made me cry so much and i was i was such a disaster but um yeah it was all magical and i just talked way too long the, no, 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 this is no, this is this is your show. But I, <laughs> I, and and that you said that I want to make a segue. You know, we're going to go into some questions because some of you on the Instagram at my Broadway memory dropped us some questions to ask. So I will say, if you want to know more about my Broadway memory and about uh, the good news that we have, like the Lebanese Red Cross or who our guests are per week, see video clips, learn more fun things. You can follow us at my Broadway memory on Instagram and uh, Facebook and on Twitter, which is at my B way memory. But Instagram is where we kind of all do our like dirty work and all that good stuff. But uh, follow us there and ask us questions. Uh, but we have two questions prepped already. Um, and I'm gonna ask this one for Colleen, which is from Anna Jean. And she wants to know, this is a good segue, how, where, and when did you find out you were going to be on Broadway? Well, it was like, I don't know how to answer this because it started off with Todrick calling me and saying <laughs> that um, there was an opportunity that had come up for us both to be in Waitress. Fierce. And so that Fierce. was, but it, you know, it's not official until it's official in this industry. So everyone talks but like nothing ever happens it seems and so i didn't believe him like i was i remember being like no way you're lying like and um then i got the email from my agent and um i still didn't think it was real i was like there's no this still doesn't seem real because so i talked to todrick i didn't believe todrick um i love you todrick but that just didn't seem real <laughs> to me and then i got the email from my agents and they're like do you want to do this <laughs> I was like, what? Yes, if you turn this down, I'm firing you. Like, of course <laughs> I'm doing this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I found out. But like I said, I didn't I didn't believe it. But I, when I was talking to Todrick, I was in this, like, my side yard where all the succulents are that my husband had planted. I, it, I'm so vivid in my memory where I was when I was talking to you, Todrick. Um, so I was in my succulent garden, like, talking to him, pacing back and forth. and. Um, yeah, that's that's where I was. I don't remember when it was. I know that 
they wanted me to come much earlier. They wanted us to do a much earlier run, but I had just had a baby. And so I was like, eh, let's let the bits and pieces heal before I run around. <laughs> That's so interesting for you to bring up what, because the show is about that kind of subject matter. How I know that it wasn't your character, but what was that? Did that change your experience oh at all? Oh my God, yes. Well, I, I've been obsessed with that show since it came out. I love it. And so I, I was a fan of the show before I was pregnant, before I had a baby or anything, and I loved it. And then I got pregnant and I listened to the soundtrack. And I remember driving in the car, we were at the in and out drive through listening to um, the musical and I was weeping. I was like, these lyrics mean something so different now. And then being on stage and being a part of a show that was about women and um, how incredible women are and the things that they go through um, just to survive. Like it was so, so powerful every night. And I will never forget the feeling of being on stage at the end of the show. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but the lead character, all the girls are on, all the lead girls are on stage and the lead girl, um, Jenna, like I assume no one knows it. Jenna makes a really powerful decision. She's just given birth in the hospital to her child and she makes a really uh, powerful, um, terrifying and uh, incredible uh, decision uh, to change the course of her life and ends an abusive relationship. And when that happens, you I, every night you could hear and feel the women in the audience gasp or you just the, a woman sticking up for herself was so powerful. You could feel the audience be so impacted, either want to do that in their own abusive relationship, get out or remember when they did it and they got out or the feeling of, oh, I'm currently in one. I, you know, you could every woman in that audience related to that story in some way. And that moment every night, like it ripped my heart out. It was so powerful. And um, I mean, that's the reason I love theater there's you cannot get that feeling from a movie uh i mean i can't at least i don't want to speak for everyone but it's just it's so powerful so um yeah it's it was it was so impactful having a child you know and those lyrics just meant so much more every night even though they weren't mine to sing i wept every night that's yeah. so beautiful that is beautiful um, just because I feel like that's, you know, we're talking about what waitress means and, and because we do love call to arms, but if anyone does know, uh, anyone that is going through a similar situation, the hotline for national domestic violence is, um, 1-800-799-7233. So you can always call that hotline for, for help if you need. Um, I just felt like that might've been appropriate because, um, waitress is such a, is such a beautiful musical that has affected so many people. And uh, we never know what our neighbor or a friend is actually really going through. So um, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. That's, that's uh, amazing. We do have another question. This one's for Todrick from Mackenzie. Do you still get nervous getting on stage? I do get very nervous. Not like if I'm on the tour or something, if it's a place, it's a safe haven for me when it's just my fans. I think there's like a little bit of adrenaline and like an, a, a nervousness that will always exist and be present, but it's usually a first time thing. But when I did Waitress with Colleen, I was just so excited for her to make her debut. And my role was so small in the show that I just was like, crying for her when I saw her I, I filmed her walking on stage from the wings because I was like I just want her to have this to always be able to look back at what this is like I hope I sent that to you by the way you did yeah. <laughs> um 
But it was just such an incredible thing to watch that happen for my friend because she really did not believe me when I told her that. But I, I do get nervous, but I think that the, the moment you hear the audience cheer for you, you just like that goes away because you realize you're surrounded by so many people who are rooting for your success. And I think Colleen and I both just felt very prepared. She rehearsed a lot. She rehearsed really hard. She was so professional. I was the one joking around, but she was like taking everything so seriously. And she had so many props that she had to move. And um, she just, she was doing incredible even in rehearsal, but I just know how hard she is on herself and how great she wants to be. And she wanted the cast to respect her being there as well. She didn't, we both didn't want the cast to be like, oh, these two YouTubers show up and just are like. I think that, yeah, that was my biggest fear is that like, I was I was nervous in general just to be on Broadway, but like the, most of my nerves were like all of these people who are in this show, I know because I have a background in theater and I lived in New York auditioning for Broadway shows for years. Like I know they've all worked their butts off their whole life to be here and they don't know me and they might think, oh, this is just some weird YouTuber who puts lipstick all over her face and she just gets to be in the show. That's unfair. And so I was, I really felt like I had something to prove to the Broadway community. And, um, you know, that is what made me the most nervous was uh, earning their approval because I respected them so much. Yeah. I feel I feel like I I called Shoshana Bean when I got this role because when I got Lola and Kinky Boots I was like okay while this is stunt casting this is something that is is a role that I could have gotten on my own a, a character that I, I couldn't identify with more but when I got Billy Flynn in Chicago and even when I got Ogie and this and, and Waitress there was a part of me that was like are you taking a role away from somebody who would be perfect for this role who would walk in and get it and there's a part of me that feels you know a little bit bad for people who are traditional actors who are now having to compete with people who have social media followers and who might be able to get roles over them. Um, and in this situation, I don't feel like that's necessarily the case with Colleen and I, because we are musical theater performers who have been doing this and training to do this our entire lives. But that that feeling does exist. And, and it's not just something that's in your head, but that you feel like the cast might be thinking as well. But then I think about the fact that the bigger picture is we were able to, and mostly Colleen, honestly, was able to sell so many tickets that it was able to extend the jobs of all these performers and not just the people on stage, but the people doing wigs and the people backstage and the ushers. It, it allows theater to continue in a way. And for us, we brought in a new audience of people that re-inspired and reignited the cast because the audiences may not have been cheering in the same way and for the same parts. And most importantly, you're bringing a new generation of kids yeah. to a theater who would maybe not have ever yes. gone to see a show. And for that, I am so grateful that we have been awarded the opportunity to come in and take it seriously and and be able to to be able to bring a new generation of people to the theater. That's like my favorite part about being there. So many of your fans would have never gone and purchased a ticket to see a Broadway show had you not been in it. But I know from my fans, I've created a whole like little army of thespians that keep going to now see Broadway shows because they saw and loved Kinky Boots so much. Yeah, that You're was Lola. the craziest. Oh, I'm sorry, Lola. Yes, sorry. Nope. Please praise Patrick. <laughs> that needs to happen. Your Lola, your your Lola, was. I mean, I will never ever forget it. I will never ever forget it. It was. I think you had one moment where you 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 just like you you were crossing down right. And you just like played to the balcony of the Al Hirschfeld, like the, <laughs> the booth of the Al Hirschfeld house left. And I have these chills that were just like shot up from the floor. And I was like, that is a star. I mean, like you, that the three dimensionality of your Lola was 
was it was unbelievable it was unbelievable and also youtube the two of you like if anything now like you you have paved so many ways but we need youtube youtube is just as important a medium the and it proved that now because yeah back when they back when you guys started it wasn't you know what it is now it was so different and it's like you guys worked so hard to create this this foundation for your career and also, but we need you in a pandemic. We need you now. We need the content and you know how to do it. You paved the way you've been doing it for years. And you have proved that it is that it is a way that we can find ourselves, that we can be entertained, that we can heal. And you are you are trailblazers, the two of you. Amen. Just saw that in the comments. Um, <laughs> what happened? What's in the comments? I saw well, Amen. Oh, got it. Yeah. So hallelujah. Before we run out of time tonight, I just wanted to get to the game that we have planned. So we have a Broadway themed, this is the first time we're playing this on the show, but it's oh, trivia. No. <laughs> why do we both go? Why do we both do this? But also, Todrick, <laughs> Todrick knows how intense I am at games. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> wow. okay. Can we, wait, can we do just for, just for shits and giggles, can we all do the oof just for yes. like a good photo op moment? Ooh. We love that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> At this point in the live stream event, we played Broadway-themed memory games. While these games are tons of fun, they're best enjoyed in the video format of our episode. If you'd like to see the game portion of this episode, visit My Broadway Memory on YouTube or Facebook. Now back to My Broadway Memory. I am so ashamed that we just did a Broadway trivia and I failed it no, so hard. No, to be honest, I feel this ashamed. This very elite I made bro Broadway trivia. It's like, like who designed the costumes for the revival of Titanic that didn't happen yet? That's the question. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder who it is. Um, because those are going to be fierce. And also, well, we love well. I want to be pretty. I can't believe you even uh, knew that name. Anyway. Of, of, well, I honey. Design any show after Wicked. Oh, God. Um, you guys are amazing. Now, before so before we before we wrap, before we send you on our merry way, you know, we just wanted to say some thanks and and some, you know, always follow us on on social media. Um, we are at My Broadway Memory on Instagram and uh, Facebook and on Twitter. We're at My B Way Memory. We love to hear from you. So please follow us at My Broadway Memory. Um, it, that, this was so much fun. I'm so happy that you guys were were here. And uh, I mean, so willing to share your memories with us. It, I mean, like you guys are dream guests. Like we all, we know where to find you. You're at Todrick and you're at Colleen. So that's pretty simple, I think. And um, we also, uh, we, we want to say that we're going on a little bit of a break for two weeks, right, Brian? Two weeks, yeah. So we'll be back September uh, September 10th. Uh, yes. Back in with some more episodes. Yes. And do we want to announce who, so sure. we don't know who, we don't want to, we don't know who is going to be the guest on September 10th because that's still being worked out and, but it's going to be very exciting. But for those Be More Chill fans on September 17th, we're going to have Jennifer Ashley Tepper and Joey Connors. Jennifer Ashley oh, Tepper fine. is one of the head, head producers of Be More Chill and Joey Connors wrote Be More Chill. Um, so it's going to be iconic. So fun. So amazing. So keep, watching us and, and and on social media on my Broadway memory, let us know who you want to see and we'll do our best to make it happen. Awesome. Well, thank you again, both so much. Thanks for do having guys, us. Thank you. you. Want to say anything before you head out? We love you. You're amazing. We Spread love, love you. The internet. Spread love. No hate. No hate. Yes. No hate. 
Love you both so much. Thank you all for watching. Have great, safe travels. Live your life. Be safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.